Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? And thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by Fan Sided and Tick Pick. This is Kevin Klein speaking. It's been a few weeks, and it's been a few weeks of pretty much a snooze fest for the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've made a couple moves, but nothing too flashy yet. I know that a lot of you want to hear us talk about Shohei Otani and the Dave Roberts comments. We'll get to that. We have some huge offseason news that just broke within the last hour. We're recording on December 6th, and the winter meetings have come to a close, and they went out with a bang, I must say. So, yeah, I'm not alone. As you can see, I am joined by an old friend of the Incline Dodgers podcast. It's been a couple years, I think, since he last came on, and it's been like almost three years since we did that food or over three years since we did the food tournament bracket where if you remember Benny Hanna's was the winner it's Phil it was Phil Hello, everyone. Nice, in the building nice I'm yeah, gonna butcher yeah, your last name but it's Phil Catalafamo Phil works Catalafamo but Phil works Phil works for sure it's great to be back uh I've been keeping up with the podcast as you guys have been growing and expanding and getting partnerships uh and yes, I will live and die on the Macaroni Grill Hill forever. Um, and I am very happy uh, to be here and to talk a little bit about these winter meetings and some of the stuff that's gone down. Bill, it's been a while. What's new with you? Feel free to use a minute or two to plug anything you've got going on. You can plug your social media, all of that, so that people can follow you. Uh, well, uh, right now I am currently working in Lincoln, Nebraska for a local television station. I'm their weekend sports anchor, so it's been fun for me. A little upgrade in the, the old job there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Philip Katafimo on, on Twitter. You'll be able to find me. I'm sure I'm one of only like two people with that name that might be on that platform still. So uh, other than that, I've I've really got nothing else going on. Just excited to see kind of what happens with the rest of the offseason and the rest of you know, the Shohei Otani sweepstakes and the uh, Yamamoto sweepstakes as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, if I had something to plug, I'm, I sure would. But uh, right now I'm just kind of going along with the flow, man. I'm back in California visiting some family right now. I've got my, my mom's little lucky Dodger gnome right there to uh, <laughs> hopefully get the uh, get the forces going in terms of the Otani deals. But uh, no, I, like I said, I'm, I'm very excited to, to get the chance to talk a little bit and Miss being on the show. And also my Lopes took down San Diego state. So that's, that's also fun. Awesome. We're going to have fun tonight. We'll talk some Dodgers. Of course, we'll talk some baseball. We'll talk Christmas, Thanksgiving, maybe too. pop culture, all kinds of things, but let's get into what the Dodgers have been up to recently. 
Earlier this afternoon, they they made the Jason Hayward signing official, a one-year, $9 million deal, bringing back Jason Hayward, which would be his second season in Dodger Blue. I'm not too surprised that they brought back Jason Hayward, to be honest. He was best friends with Freddie Freeman. He was a mentor to James Outman. He was basically one of two leaders for the Dodgers, whether you like it or not. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman appear to have taken a step back and Miguel Rojas and Jason Hayward were the clubhouse leaders. What this move tells me is that when you're paying a guy $9 million to come back, he's going to play more often than not. He's going to be the Dodgers starting right field. At least he'll get the first crack against all right-handed starters. And it's no surprise because Dave Roberts had also announced that Mookie Betts is going to be the Dodgers everyday second baseman for the majority of the season. Phil, what are your thoughts on them bringing back Hayward? And do you like the idea of Mookie Betts being pretty much the predominant second baseman? Well, Kevin, I think you hit it on the head in terms of what Jason Hayward brings to the table in in regards to his leadership, in regards to his relationship with guys like Mookie Betts and especially Freddie Freeman. You know, Jason Hayward coming in last season, was definitely one of those Andrew Friedman diamond of the rough signings. I mean, we've seen it year in and year out that this guy knows how to turn guys around in terms of their careers. And he, and, and Hayward had a solid season for the Dodgers. You know, he gets an opportunity to at least be the starting right fielder for now uh, with, you know, pending a few things that may happen in the next couple of days or maybe even a week or so. Uh, um, But it's a great signing. It's, it's great to bring him back. Like I said, he had a great year last year. He said a new, uh, he had a great batting average OPS, slugging percentage. I mean, the guy really made his presence felt in the lineup for LA. Leadership is there. It makes too much sense to bring him back. I mean, this probably takes the Dodgers out of any potential re-signing of J.D. Martinez, but I'm fine with it. I I like Jason Hayward a lot, and I think it's great that he's coming back. Um, And regards to Mookie Betts, I mean, I feel like you could put Mookie Betts anywhere and he'll shine. I mean, he played like, what, a handful of games last season, even at shortstop, and showed that he can even be an effective shortstop for the Dodgers. Um, I think that L.A. does have somewhat of a hole at second base. And if Mookie Betts can plug it, I'll take it. I'm fine with that. Um, it obviously opens up the possibility of putting somebody like Shohei Otani in right field. You can still utilize Mookie Betts in right field on certain off days, but um, I'm okay with it. Uh, Mookie obviously was a second baseman when he got drafted to Boston. He was converted mm-hmm. to the outfield. And as long as you can keep Mookie Betts in this lineup, I don't care where he's playing. He can play catcher. He can pitch for all I care. I'm just happy that Mookie Betts is in the lineup every day regardless. Yeah, I agree. What's up, Michael Carrillo? What's up, Dennis Gonzalez? What's up, Trey B? Los Dodgers World Series champs. I have no idea what you're even talking about. If you want to elaborate in the chat, feel free. But those are some harsh words. Anyways, with Jason Hayward... Let's see what happens. I'm honestly not getting my hopes up. I feel like last season was kind of a flash in the pan. I mean, this is a guy that was released by the Chicago Cubs just heading into the previous offseason, and he had to prove it with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He had a great season, no doubt about it. Not going to take anything away from him. Defensively, he is an exceptional right fielder. I am a little bit concerned, though, that the Dodgers are going to play him too often and commit to another veteran which is kind of scary because the Dodgers have so many excellent young bats in the farm system that they just seem to have forgotten about. I mean, what's going to happen with Johnny DeLuca? 
Is Johnny DeLuca going to get another opportunity? With um, Mookie Betts now playing a lot of second base and third base obviously going to Max Muncy, what does that mean for Miguel Vargas? Are they going to throw him in left field or is Miguel Vargas going to rot on the bench? And then don't forget about Michael Bush. Michael Bush is 26. There's no spot for him. You can't imagine him being in those same positions either. He hasn't proven it in the outfield defensively either. And there's a lot of knocks on his defensive prowess at second and third as well. Are the Dodgers going to move on from Michael Bush? A lot of questions here, but yeah, this, this is um, clear to me that they want to lean veterans once again, heading into 2024. And um, so we'll just see how it plays out. Jason Hayward is a world series champion. He's a great leader and I can't hate the move. I can't fault them for bringing back a great clubhouse guy. Speaking of great club clubhouse guys, the Dodgers did also announce it's not official yet because the 40 man roster is full. They're bringing back Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly was initially declined for his option. They gave him $1 million and they're bringing him back on an $8 million deal. I think some people are kind of wondering why would they just let go of Joe Kelly in the first place? But I think it's because the Dodgers are trying to keep their roster flexibility options open. Like I just said, the 40 man is full, but I mean, Joe Kelly in kind of a limited sample size for the Dodgers was excellent. Had like a 174 ERA was throwing the best velocity. I think of his career, even this late into his career. And to be honest, it's looking like the Dodgers bullpen is almost set here. Maybe they bring in one more guy, but I like the move. Joe Kelly, excellent high leverage reliever. Anything to add on Joe Kelly, Phil? No, not really. I think uh, you bring back El Mariachi and he gets a chance to pitch for LA again in that bullpen. I mean, he's a fan favorite. Uh, I have a coworker who's from California, like myself, big Joe Kelly fan. She's excited that he's back. We know what we're getting with Joe Kelly. He's a great clubhouse guy. He's a good guy to have on the team and, and, I, I really, that's really all I can say. I mean, it's, it's again, you know, similar with Hayward, it's just kind of bringing back those familiar faces. Some of those guys that were effective last season. And yeah, I mean, Kelly proved that he can come back from that injury and, and continue to be a solid reliever for Los Angeles. All right. I want to get into it because this is the hottest topic right now in major league baseball, the San Diego Padres and the New York Yankees have pulled off a massive blockbuster the yankees acquired juan soto and trent greesom from the padres and it's looking like they gave up michael king who was a starter and a reliever last season randy vasquez i don't know too much about him johnny brito drew thorpe who is supposed to be an excellent up up and coming prospect and their catcher kyle higashio kyle kiyashi gota i can never say these names right but <laughs> Wow. Who would have thought the New York Yankees would have pulled this off? And I mean, my goodness, what are your thoughts on this as a Padres fan? We got to be happy that he's out of the NOS. Do you think that the, uh, the Padres got enough for Juan Soto or did they just get absolutely fleeced? Um, I think San Diego needed to address some pitching problems that they had had from last season, uh, specifically um, definitely in the bullpen. I mean, Michael King provides a little bit of flexibility there as a starter and a reliever. He had a great stretch at the end of the season, the end of the regular season, um, and was really a big part of me finishing second in the fantasy league, which was was huge for me. Uh, thank you, Michael King. I'm sorry you're on the Padres now. Uh, my question as a Padres fan is, when will A.J. Preller commit to some of these signings he's made or some of these moves he's made? I mean – I know Soto is a pending free agent. There's still that kind of on the table. He becomes a free agent in 2025. 
So the Yankees theoretically are getting a full season uh, or maybe two seasons. I'm sure it's just one season of Juan Soto. And, you know, they didn't have to give up like a Jason Dominguez or Chase Hampton. I know they gave up, I think you said Drew Thorpe was thrown into that deal. Yep. You know, uh, Brito, I, I believe he had some time last season. Uh, the, the catcher, um, whose name I'm now blanking on, um, he was another guy who, who saw some time last season. You know, more more of a guy that can kind of work in every day, maybe replace Gary Sanchez in the lineup where, where he kind of, you know, they're not really going to bring him back this season. Um, but, you know, I, I think in terms of, of a San Diego fan, I guess that perspective would just be, well, I mean, we lost Grisham. We lost Soto, but we do get Michael Kelly who could pitch. We do get Brito who can pitch. We do get a couple guys who maybe down the line can be added to some of those other prospects we have. Um, but the question becomes is like, who's next? You know, I, I don't really, me personally, I don't, I don't really see the relationship of Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. lasting very much longer. And I, I don't, I don't know where that, where that relationship is currently. Cause I'm, I'm not a Padres fan. Um, but I know there were some tensions with those two, I believe not this season, but the season before, um, you know, obviously the addition of Xander Bogarts hasn't necessarily improved the team too much. Uh, they missed out on the playoffs. They had a little bit of a stretch last season. Um, but my question, again, just my thing is like, when is, when will San Diego commit to some of these guys that they picked up instead of moving them almost immediately? And then on the side of the Yankees, I mean, I know we'll talk about it here in a second, but my God, you have Aaron Judge and Juan Soto in the same lineup. I, I mean, Juan Soto, the one thing Juan Soto does extremely well is get on base. And you've got a guy like Aaron Judge who will have no problem hitting him around. And Juan Soto's 25 years old. Feels like he's been in the league for 26 years. The guy's only 25. I mean, it's a big deal for the Yankees. I think Grisham is going to be an interesting DH. Uh, he, he struggled last season, had a great year in 2020, um, as we all know. Uh, but I, I, I see this as a Yankees fan and I go, you know, maybe we didn't give up as much as we probably could have, I guess, if I'm a, if I'm looking at it from the Yankees, I mean, there's a few prospects there. They yeah. probably could have given up, but they didn't. And they, they smartly didn't. They, they used the value of Michael King's season last year, but definitely uh, a huge move for the Yankees and a kind of just, okay, let's see what happens move for the Padres. Yeah, they get to keep Jason Dominguez, which is huge. They get to keep Volpe, which is huge. Drew Thorpe is the biggest prize out of this. I was looking at his stats right now, a 148 ERA and high A, and then a low mid two and double A. So he's going to be a force to reckon with in the future. And Michael King addresses their immediate pitching needs. But I mean, as a Padres fan, they're probably dancing in the streets thinking they got some great return when they did not. I got what one and a half years of Juan Soto and they got absolutely nothing out of it. They made one NLCS and they missed the playoffs the second year. So they can look at their empty trophy case and kind of look at what was a disaster of a deal. They gave up the mother load to bring in Juan Soto and they're about to watch the Washington nationals have a bunch of stars in the near future. CJ Abrams is already looking like a really talented player. And then of and course, James, yeah, James Woods is even up yet he was the guy i was about to bring up he is looking like he will be another star in the making so the nationals are sitting pretty the new york yankees as phil just pointed out they're sitting pretty so where does that leave the padres not so pretty 
we're talking about a team that's probably going to finish fourth place the way things are shaping up right now. So AJ Preller somehow manages to keep his job despite doing absolutely nothing for the Padres. I'm not impressed. The, the Yankees, on the other hand, I thought Cashman was about to get fired, but this probably just saved him, saved his ass. And he's going to probably have another 10 years now with the Yankees. Aaron Judge, Stanton if healthy, Juan Soto, Gliber Torres, Alex Verdugo. This is a gnarly lineup. I think the Yankees still have some pitching concerns. I mean, Rodon was a disaster last season. Garrett Cole's yep. a Cy Young Award winner. But yep. Yankees are, in my opinion, the clear frontrunners now in the AL East. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. Uh, like I said, I mean, Juan Soto, regardless of the struggles of the Padres, I mean, still led the league in a lot of statistical categories in terms of on-base percentage, slugging percentage. I believe he was, like, top two with, like, Ronald Acuna Jr., in uh, it was either OBS or OPS, one of those statistics. But I mean, they do, like you said, they do have some starting pitching concerns. Obviously, moving Michael King creates maybe a little bit more of of a precedent to kind of go after another starting pitcher. Um, you know, the Yankees. I'm not sure how much overall value they may have in terms of going after a guy like uh, you know, like a Corbin Burns, or or maybe making a push in division for Tyler Glass now, which would be very difficult to do, or even going after Dylan Cease. But things that are still on the table for them, uh, I'm not sure in terms of, of cap space if they can get, go after a guy like Blake Snell. But regardless, offense was the issue for the Yankees last year. They were in the bottom of a lot of big categories, batting average, team slugging percentage. And now this addition of Juan Soto puts them pretty much at the top. You get a healthy, you get Aaron Judge if he's healthy. You get Giancarlo Stanton, another guy who's got to watch his health. But like you said, Glaver Torres. Anthony Volpe is going to come back next season. Anthony Rizzo, I believe, is back with the Yankees as well. And then you add Juan Soto to this already stacked lineup. Jason Dominguez is knocking on the door of coming up as well. I mean, right now, the Yankees knew they had an offensive issue, and they have pretty much addressed, for the most part, what they're lacking by picking up Juan Soto. Yeah, this is huge. I mean, to me, this is almost like the equivalence of bringing Alex Rodriguez to the Yankees Juan yeah. Soto unless something just drastically falls off he's going to be in the Hall of Fame he's already done almost enough in his career at this point the, just the trajectory he's moving and the age he's at he's got at least 10 more good seasons left in him so he'll probably be a hundred war player when it's all said and done and he's going from Petco Park which is one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks to the short right field porch out there in Yankee Stadium I would buy all the stock right now in him for fantasy. He's probably going to hit 40 to 50 home runs easily. And it's a contract year. So we'll get to an Otani in a second, but what Otani is going to get paid out might really shape up now the Juan Soto market where this guy, he was passing off, like, passing on like $440 million extension offers, I believe from like the nationals and maybe even the Padres. Well, mm -hmm. if he can put up a massive season now in the Bronx, this is the perfect scenario for Juan Soto assuming he stays healthy 
Um, I would bet over 45 home runs for him, probably a f- near 400 on base. He's in line to get a huge payday. And so the next off season for the 2025 season, it will be the Juan Soto talk. If the Yankees don't work out an extension prior to that. Well, and that's going to be the big question is, is are the Yankees going to go all in on Juan Soto and give him the money that he needs? Um, you know, they've got an inflated payroll as they usually do. So uh, time will tell, but yeah, I, not, not to give too much of that strategy away for fantasy next year, but yeah, Juan Soto is definitely on my radar as well. And a guy like Juan Soto, that's a guy who his impact on the team expands out. I mean, what kind of numbers are Aaron Judge going to put up next season? What numbers is Giancarlo Stanton, Glaber Torres, some of these other guys who maybe struggled a little bit last year, they've got that protection at the top of the lineup, that number two hitter who is almost a guarantee on base. I, oh, yeah. I mean, what the Yankee, like I said, the Yankees had an issue with their offense last season. They have now addressed that with Juan Soto. And the addition of Trent Grisham is more of a, well, we'll see what happens kind of thing. Maybe they move him at the middle, at the deadline. If he's hitting well, they can get pitching there. Bullpen help potentially wherever they're at with that. But uh, really the addition of Juan Soto is insane. It's a great pickup. Yeah. I'm excited. And I'm not even a Yankees fan. If you're following along on YouTube, please hit that like button. If you're not a subscriber and you're new to the show or you've been watching a lot, please hit that subscribe button. Boost us in the rings. Let's get some people in here and interactive. If you're following along, feel free to ask any questions. Like This is an open forum show tonight, so we're going to kind of go off whatever you guys have in terms of questions for us. But I want to talk about some Dodgers rumors now. So I thought Yamamoto was going to be a a near lock for the Dodgers. I thought since this team needs a couple starters, Yamamoto would at least be someone the Dodgers would be more aggressive towards. And it seemed like it was going that way for a minute. I don't buy all these rumors like Vasse thrown out there. Like he grew up a Dodgers fan and the Yankees are saving the number 18 for him intentionally. I call bullshit on that. I think that was just a pure coincidence and they're just trying to drive up a narrative now. I was all in on giving this Yamamoto 200 to 225 million because I really do think he's going to be exceptional. But these reports out there that he's going to potentially seek 300 million, this is where I'm in Shark Tank mode right now. I'm out. Like, yeah, I this is money you give for a Clayton Kershaw or a proven Garrett Cole or maybe even Corbin Burns, depending on how things go. But 300 million for Yamamoto. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Well, and that's the thing too, is, is you, you want to hope that, you know, a guy like, you know, Yamamoto can come in and if you're going to pay him 300 million, that's high end ace money. That's uh, Tanaka money in what, what 2013 or whenever uh, uh, Tanaka came over. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's always up in the air with, with a lot of these international players. Some of these guys come over, they have a great transition. It's no problem. We saw that with Kodai Senga last, last season with, uh, with the Mets. He came over, pitched great, was almost the NL Rookie of the Year, at least top three in terms of, of that conversation. Um, I do feel Yamamoto is worth that money. I, I feel like he is a very good pitcher. Um, I think a team like the Yankees could utilize a guy like that in their starting pitcher to add their starting rotation to add to Garrett Cole. Um, I think, you know, the Yankees or excuse me, the Mets are also an op- option for him as well. Um, I, I'm complete. I'm kind of hesitant to really hope that he lands with L.A. I, I do agree. Maybe 300 million is something you hang on to give it to somebody else. Um, like you said, like the Corbin Burns, if L.A. somehow gets him or acquires him, that's a guy you give that money to. Um, but I like to remain optimistic on on the, the, the Yamamoto front because I, I do feel uh, that he 
wherever he goes, he's going to, he's going to impact that team as a starter. Um, I think there's a large market in Japan, as we've seen with Shohei Otani, uh, that loves to follow these guys and watch these guys pitch. I remember being at game three of the 2017 NLCS and seeing the, the media for uh, you Darvish and lots of people there just to watch you Darvish. Nebraska has a guy named Keisei Tomonaga. It's a Japanese basketball player. Media from Japan come and watch that guy play. I mean, there is a love of sports in Japan that follows over here to the U.S. So you're capturing a completely different market, not only here in the U.S., but in Japan when you get one of these guys. So in terms of ticket sales, in terms of the business side of things, it's huge. But what you see on the field is, you know, time will tell, of course. But I feel when it comes to Yamamoto, he he is that high-impact guy. If the Yankees are holding on to 18 for him as they, they claim they are, um, then – there's a reason why. And he's the real deal. A lot of money, but he's worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he definitely has the potential to live up to the contract. The reason I'm always hesitant to give guys $30 million a year is what if he gets hurt? The Dodgers need more than just one starter at this point. And, you know, this might be a time for them to pivot and focus more on Shota Imanga, who is a, a left-handed Japanese pitcher who is supposed to be pretty excellent as well. Maybe you pair him and you go out and get Lucas Giolito, who we know that the Dodgers, by all accounts, are super interested in signing him as well. And then we can talk about the trade market because the Dodgers continue to be in the mix for Dylan Cease. It seems like the White Sox are asking for a haul. One idiotic White Sox reporter thought that a fair comp would be Bobby Miller in exchange for Dylan Cease, which to me is just absolute bananas because... Let's be real. Bobby Miller is on the verge of being a better starter already than Dylan Cease. I mean, he's got better stuff. He was only a rookie last season. I'm not doing that. And then, of course, Corbin Burns, which every day it's a flip-flop. One day he's on the market. The next day he's not on the market. I want Corbin Burns, though. If the Dodgers are talking to the Milwaukee Brewers, they need to be aggressive here. There was some rumors floating out there today that potentially the Brewers would be interested in one of Emmett Sheehan or Ryan Pepio and maybe entice them with Gavin Lux. Well, the, the thing with Corbin Burns is I, I wanted to come with Willie Adames or come with Christian Yelich. Um, you know, I, I feel the Dodgers can really not only address their starting pitching problems by, or not problems, but their, their starting pit, their lack of starting pitching with Corbin Burns, but a pickup like Willie Adames, putting him as your full-time shortstop, obviously pushes Gavin Lux out of the way. Lux is not going to see time at second base. He's not a third baseman. So that includes him in that deal as well. I feel like Lux in general carries some value in a trade for a Corbin Burns or even, a, you know, including a Willie Damas or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, Sheehan, I, I'm okay. I'd rather give up Sheehan than Pepio, you know, and I do, I agree with you. I don't think Dylan Cease is not better than Bobby Miller. I'm sorry. Bobby Miller is, is, He's Walker Buehler 2.0. He's he's the next guy. He's the guy. He's the replacement for Clayton Kershaw. He's the guy that we talk about years down the line uh, of how excellent he is and, and how good he was for the Dodgers for hopefully a long time. Um, I like the addition of Dylan Cease. I like the possibility of Lucas Giolito. Um, but I, I outside of Giolito, I don't like the idea of losing a guy like Bobby Miller, losing a guy like Ryan Pepio to a Corbin Burns, a guy who might not be on the team in two years, or a guy like Dylan Cease, who in terms of contract, he's a free agent 26, so you get him for maybe two, three seasons. But, um, you know, I, I they need to address starting pitching somehow, obviously. Kevin, you alluded to it with the, uh, you know, 
they obviously have some issues. Walker Buehler is going to come back on a pitch count. Clayton Kershaw hasn't even been re-signed, re-signed by Los Angeles yet. You're not going to have Dustin May, Julio Arias, forget about it. But, you know, if you add, if you add some guys, you know, like a Corbin Burns, I, I would like to see a Gavin Lux included in that because if it comes to Willie Adamas and it doesn't mean we have to give up Pepio, then I'm fine with moving Sheehan, to be completely honest. For sure. The Dodgers got to get one of these starters. They this this is why I don't think they need to go in on just Yamamoto. They need at least two, three solid starters. And I'm looking in the comments right now. Michael thinks giving up Sheen or Pepio in a trade is dumb. Well, I don't think it's dumb if you're getting Corbin Burns. Yeah. And then we've got Dennis saying, I'd rather the Dodgers give up Stone or Grove. Well, Michael Grove is mid, so no one's going to want Michael Grove unless you're looking to get like a Dylan Carlson or some bat that's on the verge of being cut like Jared. Carlson's been traded. When when was Carlson traded? I thought I saw Dylan Carlson got traded today. Let me, let me double check that, though. Okay. You can keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. No, you're good. Or like a Jared Kelenic. Sheehan has better stuff than Cease right now. I I think I agree with Michael here, although Dylan Cease, when he's on, he is pretty nasty, and Sheehan can be a little wild with control. But anyways, where, where I was going here is they need to make some moves. Hopefully, we know that Otani's holding this up, but I'm getting a little frustrated. But thank God they didn't get Eduardo Rodriguez. That would have been annoying. This hypocrite said he didn't want to pitch outside of the East Coast. And where does he go? The minute he's a free agent, Arizona. Like, yes, Phoenix is a marginal upgrade over Detroit. I've been to I've been to Phoenix plenty of times. Oh, I yeah. actually have I haven't been to Detroit, but I've heard bad things and I'm not interested in ever visiting Detroit. But it's hot in Arizona. It's nothing like the East Coast. I don't know why he's going there other than the money, clearly, but this guy is a bandwagoner because of course he signs with the team that just made the world series. But Eduardo Rodriguez, like you did in 2018, when Yasiel Puig blasted a three run bomb off you, get ready to throw that glove on the Dodger stadium mound. Every time you face the Dodgers, it just makes it a little sweeter. You know, if, if the Dodgers get an opportunity, well, when they get that opportunity to bat against Eduardo Rodriguez, I feel like it's more of a fan and organization thing. You know, his comments about, like you said, not wanting to pitch out of the East Coast, he goes and signs with Arizona. The other team that was also on his radar were the Reds, who were in the Midwest in Ohio. So it's like, you know, you want to stay on the East Coast or don't you? You know, and the Diamondbacks are, you say it's a marginal upgrade. I say it's a significant upgrade over Detroit. I think in terms of an organization, Arizona is a much much more complete organization. I love Tori Lovello. Like I said, I went to Grand Canyon University, and I was there when the D-backs made the playoffs in 2017 and when they collapsed and did nothing for years. And I'd go and watch the, you know, as many D-backs Dodger games as I could because the tickets were $5, and it was really easy to get in. I love Chase Field. I think um, what's great about Chase Field is the fact that it's a covered stadium, so you get completely rid of that Arizona heat in the middle of summer. Um, I think they've got a great core of guys. Corbin Carroll is an incredible talent. They've got a guy, Drew Jones, who's going to be coming up in a few years. It was definitely a money move for Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm looking forward to him giving up tanks to the Dodgers in the regular season and potentially the postseason. But in terms of the Diamondbacks, I mean, it's a good pickup for them. I mean, it, it helps a little bit in their starting rotation to add on to Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly. Um, there, there was another pitcher. Uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, but it's Pifat or Fat, something like that. He's 
a younger guy who pitched well in the postseason. He's going to be coming back next season as well. They have some issues in the bullpen. They have some issues in terms of their depth. But I like the signing. I think it's a nice move for Arizona. Um, I think Rodriguez adds a nice lefty into that rotation. I think Zach Gallen has to come back and pitch well. Merrill Kelly has to come back and pitch well um, for them to really kind of show their their face a little bit. But, you know, I feel like the Diamondbacks are what the Padres were built up to be. You know, a team that has a good core of young guys who are just adding pieces, whereas San Diego just got impatient. They had that one 2020 year. 2019, they were kind of knocking on the door, obviously, mm-hmm. with Tatis's injury that made it difficult. But the Diamondbacks truly are – I love Diamondbacks fans. They are so nice. They love being at, at Diamondback Stadium. I got a chance to cover their fan fest right before the pandemic. Like, I, I have no issues with the D-backs. I also have no issues with Eduardo Rodriguez going to Arizona because it's not a threat. It doesn't feel like a threat, you know? But they are a solid little group. I know I'm going to get a little flack for saying that about a division rival, but, you know, I, I got to say a little piece of me is still in Arizona. And, and you know, I got some friends who are D-backs fans, and their success is my success. And, you know, I think Rodriguez, again, he helps both sides. He helps the Diamondbacks, and he helps the Dodgers. So uh, I'm interested to see where Arizona continues to build. They're not in the market for a guy like Shohei Otani. They're not in the market for a guy like Yamamoto. They're not going to bring in some big arm. Josh Hader's not going there. But um, small, progressive moves for them. Got a decent little minor league system. Uh, good on them. A nice little pat on the head for the D-backs there this offseason. Good, good little signing for them. Very, very proud of them. Other rumors that I'm hearing involving the Dodgers – came out today that Isaiah Kiner Falefa is someone that they were looking at among another uh, amongst an among uh, amongst an, a number of other teams which which I don't understand like this guy is literally Miguel Rojas but even worse he hit 242 last season with six home runs and 37 RBIs while playing for the Yankees we talked about how Yankee Stadium is such a hitter's park and he put up these numbers there I don't get it this is bargain bin hunting at a Walmart. Like Andrew Freeman, you should be at Whole Foods or Erwan, but you choose to be at Walmart for IKF. Give me a break. We don't need another weak ass Miguel Rojas. And then Michael A. Taylor is also someone they're looking at. I wouldn't mind the move, but I don't want to give him regular at bats. This guy He's a slightly better version of Trace Thompson, if I'm being honest. That's what Michael A. Taylor is. And then there are also reports that Kike Hernandez, reunion, they're talking to him. They love his versatility. Obviously, he can play some center, the infield, the outfield. Dodgers would have to free up a roster spot to bring him back. I'm sure Kike is testing the entire market out there to see which team will offer him the most playing time. But I do feel like the Kike Hernandez resigning will be inevitable um, in terms of what that means for roster spots. They'd only have room for really one, maybe two bench bats at that point. I mean, you'd have to replace Ahmad Rosario, which I mean, all things considered how they're constructed. Miguel Vargas would get his spot and then you got to give a spot to Gavin Lux. So that's all. That's all I've got in terms of bargain bin moves right now. Um, IKF would replace Barnes. No, he would not. He's a sh- infielder at this point in his career. I guess the idea would be that maybe you get him back to that 2021 IKF where he was putting up some decent numbers with Texas. Um, you know, again, kind of a similar idea with like a guy like CT3 or even like Justin Turner a long time ago, a guy you bring in who's a utility guy who 
you know, maybe you can fix some things with his swing or his approach at the plate and he can kind of put some things together. In terms of his statistics and batting, I mean, he's not like a power hitter. He's never hit even over 10 home runs in a season. But in terms of his utility, I can see him being a backup option to not re-signing Kike Hernandez because obviously Kike is that bat. You know, he's a great against lefties. He's a clubhouse guy, can play everywhere. You know, Dodger fans love him. I love him. My mother loves him. Everyone loves him. Who doesn't love him? Um, and I think IKF would be maybe like, okay, we didn't get we didn't get Kike, but we got another guy who can potentially play a few other positions. No, he, I yeah, he's not probably going to play catcher ever again. He could be an option, an emergency catcher, you know, but I doubt it. Um, and yeah, Michael A. Taylor, I imagine somebody who can come in as a isn't he kind of speedy? Can he run a little bit? Yeah. He's still on base guy. Yeah, yes. I could see maybe maybe adding him to the bench just to add a, a, a pinch runner. Um, I'd rather have like Billy Hamilton or somebody who's like a lot faster um, or maybe the same. I have no, I don't know too much about Michael A. Taylor. I know he played for the nationals at one point, but um, he's again, just kind of a whatever signing. If they do it, IKF would be a whatever signing for me as well. Um, but that's, I, I want Kike back. Kike for sure. 100%. I love seeing him come back. Take a quick break right here to talk about sponsorship of the incline Dodgers podcast. Tick pick. What we're in week 13, week 14 of the NFL season now. There's not that many games left to go see your favorite NFL team. You can get the best deals over on the Tick Pick app where there's no service fees at checkout. And if you go to their social media, you'll find all kinds of discounts. Concerts are in full swing as well. There's just all kinds of things going. I, I heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers are playing some SoCal dates next year. Go check that out on Tick Pick. Depeche Mode, one of my favorite bands, playing LA um, next week. I'm going to one of those shows. Check that out on TickPick. If you're into hockey, the Kings, the Ducks, I heard they're having pretty solid season, so maybe you want to do that. And then, of course, how about the Lakers? One of the best teams in the NBA. Get your deals over at TickPick. So download the app today. Let's see. We got no questions here in the chat. All right. I think it's time to get into the meat of the podcast now. The Shohei Otani Dodgers talk. So the backstory is on Tuesday... Dave Roberts, who I don't know why they let this guy at the winter meetings. He needs to be chained up and avoid being on shows. First of all, I don't need him guaranteeing that they're going to win world series. Second of all, I don't need him at the winter meetings for events like this, where he got up to address the media. And of course, someone asked him about Shohei Otani. And for a second, Roberts hesitated. Then he said he can't lie and did confirm that the Dodgers have met with Shohei Otani. I guess it was on Friday. They like closed off Dodger Stadium. They gave him a tour. They had a meal together. They courted him, obviously. And then Dave Roberts went into more depth saying, you know, the meeting went well. They want him to be with the Dodgers. And then this guy says, yeah, I can't lie. I, I have to be honest. Well, this guy's been lying to the Dodgers fans for years now about players' health and injury statuses. But, of course, the most important topic of the entire offseason where Shohei Otani, whether it's true or not, wished to keep all meetings under wraps a, a secret. And I don't know if I buy the Passan report that he would hold it against teams if they leaked anything. But whether that's true or not, I mean, Dave Roberts needs to, needs to have some type of capacity here where he can just shut up for once. I don't think what Dave Roberts said at the end of the day is going to affect anything in terms of the Shohei Otani race. And I don't really buy Shohei Otani holding this against any teams in the first place, but I'll start there. Dave Roberts, what are you doing, man? 
I think Dave Roberts is doing what anybody in that situation would do, which would just be, you know, to just kind of be transparent about, you know, what's going on. I, I do feel like the Passan report is a little strange. I think it's weird that Shohei would hold it against teams that he's met with them. I don't really see how that affects anything. Um, I think the decision is and will always be with Shohei and his camp. Um, it puts Dave Roberts in a weird pickle because, you know, if Shohei genuinely doesn't choose L.A. Um, for any reason, and I by L.A., I mean the Dodgers, not the Angels, but um, it becomes now, oh, was it Dave Roberts' fault? Was it Dave Roberts' fault he didn't sign? And it's like, you can speculate, but I, I really, the, the whole idea of, not communicating that they've that they've met with him. I know the Blue Jays, I think, mentioned it as well. But I, I feel like it's such a strange gripe to have because, yeah, it's the biggest topic on the currently on in, in the baseball world, or the baseball realm at least, is where is Shohei Otani going? And if you can't gauge any interest or gauge with questions of, you know, who's he been talking to, what's he been doing? I mean, that's the whole point of this business is is to get those answers. That's the biggest question this offseason is will Shohei Otani return to the Angels or will he go somewhere else? And I think I think Dave did what he thought he needed to do, which was comment on the situation because he was asked um, whether he should have. Uh, I'll, I'll let everyone else decide on that one. I think his comments about winning the World Series last season were a little kind of early to, to throw that out there way before the year had started. I think maybe saying this team is built to win a World Series or we're hoping to get to a World Series or we'd love to be in the World Series maybe would have been a better way to put that. But to put that kind of stakes that's so early in the season for a team that still had some question marks, did not get a major signing in the free agency the year, you know, that year um, was a little bit, you know, a lot of rookies started last season for the Dodgers. Um, but I don't know. I think at the end of the day, like I said, this is Shohei's decision. And I don't feel that Dave's comments will sway anything, but I say that. And if he doesn't sign, you know, if that Passan reports, right, then, okay, Dave Roberts screwed it up. And maybe you have that conversation about not letting him into the, into the winter meetings or uh, he goes and tries to open the doors of the clubhouse and it's locked. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I still feel like it's, it's Otani's decision at the end of the day. Absolutely. And yeah, to follow up the sequence of events after Roberts spoke, it came out that he received a text message about 20 minutes later and Roberts had like a dumbfounded look on his face and immediately had to meet with the Dodgers publicity team. Gomes and Freeman both commented on it and to no surprise, they were both blindsided by the fact that Dave Roberts was leaking Dodger secrets. I mean, if Dave Roberts worked for Coca-Cola, would he leak their secrets too? I mean, like I was saying, this guy just needs to keep his mouth shut. Let them work this out. And if Dave Roberts does somehow become the culprit behind this not working out, because I do believe the first time Shohei Otani met with the Dodgers, uh, with, with that would have been 2017 or 2018, Kershaw, mm -hmm. JT, and I believe one other Dodger were involved and things didn't go over well. So this would be the second time somehow a Dodger screwed it up. I'd be furious. But on the yeah. Otani front, is there a dollar amount you would say you're out on Shohei Otani or is this the ultimate blank check player? It's tough to say, cause he's not going to pitch um, at least for a season and you're hoping he comes back healthy. I mean, that's kind of the whole package deal with Otani is, is he can hit and he can pitch and when he's healthy and he's doing both, I mean, he's at the top of the league and most statistical categories as a hitter and some as a pitcher. I mean, he's still, 
one of the better AL pitchers. He was definitely one of the best pitchers on the Angels in recent memory. He wasn't named Jared Weaver. Um, but, you know, I I want to say blank check, but I don't know. I mean, you give him you give him half a billion, you give him more. I mean, it's going to be an incentive-laden contract regardless. It's going to be, you know, he's got to pitch a certain amount. He's got to hit a certain amount. He's got to get awards. It'll be, you know, if you fill it with incentives and it equals out to 500 or whatever, some of the things that have been popping out there, if it's higher than that, okay. But I, I am hesitant to say no to a blank check just because when Shohei Otani is healthy, oh, my goodness, is he one of the best players on the planet. And – if he goes on the, I mean, it's like LeBron James joining the Lakers. I mean, if you can put the best guy in that sport on your favorite team, David Beckham going to the Galaxy, uh, Mookie Betts going to the Dodgers. I mean, you have a hard time saying no to that. And and I do think that there are questions about his health. I think there's definitely questions about, you know, his uh, his pitching ability next season. Will he come back as effective as he was you know, is this time to start considering, hey, Shohei, you might want to choose. You're going to be a pitcher. You're going to be a, a hit, a, a full-time hitter. I don't know. Um, but when he's healthy, man, it's, it's, it is tough to debate how good he is. Yeah, for me, this offseason has been Otani or bust. If the Dodgers don't manage to sign Shohei Otani, I'm pretty close to saying that this was a colossal failure. And you would have to consider putting Andrew Freeman somewhat on the hot seat just because of the nature of this, the nature of how this all went down. He's essentially kind of punted the last off season and a half yeah. two deadlines by not really going out there and being aggressive with the contracts. Freddie Freeman essentially fell into their lap. So they were able to make that one work out, but there's been a lot of players that the Dodgers have passed on. There's been some guys that they could have re-signed and they chose not to because they wanted to set them up for this situation where they have essentially over, I think, a, basically $100 million to spend annually. And Otani clearly could be 50 to $60 million of that. So you have to offer whatever Shohei Otani is asking for. I mean, not only on the field impact, but off the field. They're going to make so much money in revenue by all the marketability that Shohei Otani will bring to the Dodgers. And Grant Hayes did ask us, who do you think has the best chance besides the Dodgers to get Shohei Otani? I have no idea. Um, I want to say the Blue Jays, um, but they're another team that kind of talked about meeting with him. Not the Yankees, obviously. No to the yeah. Mets, because he's already said he's not going to really want to pitch in New York, which is fine. The Rangers, no. Mariners, I believe, are out, I think. If not, maybe the Mariners. Uh, definitely not the Giants. I, 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 I don't know. I, I really do feel it's, it's either the Dodgers or the Angels. Like, he either goes to the Dodgers and wins a World Series, or he goes to the Angels with more false promises about a contending team. I mean, it's tough to tell, man. I mean, there's I, – I, you know, you really – you can't really count any – can't count on most of these teams that have been rumored. You can count on obviously the teams that haven't even been discussing anything with him. He's not going to the A's. He's not going to the Diamondbacks. He's not going to go to, uh, you know, the, the Orioles as fun as that would be. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I would guess the Blue Jays would be the next best option in terms of who's there now, in terms of how quickly Otani can see success and make the playoffs for the first time in his career. But your guess is as good as mine, man. 
Yeah, I think it's Dodgers, Angels, Blue Jays for sure. Not that that's me pulling out any report. That's just what I've been reading. And honestly, the worst case scenario would be Otani was just playing everybody and then goes back to the Angels. If he goes to Toronto, I mean, that's not the end of the world because at least he goes to the AL East. But yeah, the Dodgers got to make this happen. Shohei Otani is going to change the entire dynamic of the entire roster construction. Dennis Gonzalez asking, would ownership consider sacking Friedman if not only we don't get Shohei, but also not make the World Series? It just depends, honestly, if they make it to the NLCS or they have another injury-riddled season. I don't know. I mean, who are you going to replace Andrew Friedman with? I mean, that's the honest question. This would have to be at least three bad years for them to even consider moving on from Friedman. Um, The only reason I said his his seat might get a little hot is because they've essentially tanked in terms of trade deadlines. But, I mean, his job is probably as safe as it could be right now in Major League Baseball. Oh, 100 percent. And then that's and, and it's because of what you said. It's who do you replace him with? I mean, you're looking at a guy who has kept this Dodgers team competitive since Ned Coletti left. I mean, they are constantly at the top of not only the NL West, of course, because the division is constantly changing. The Giants are not competitive. The Padres can't decide if they want to keep guys or trade them every season. The Diamondbacks are kind of working their way up. And who cares about the Colorado Rockies at this point? Um, but that's the thing. It's like you, there is not another guy who can find these diamond and the rough players who, you know, can do one or two things very well and they can, you know, implement them and put them in the lineup to where they work the best for them. And I, 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 I think if he misses out on Otani, it definitely makes things a little frustrating for Dodger fans. I think it makes fresh things frustrating for, um, you know, maybe the organization as a whole, but I mean, let's just be honest. Like, even if they lose out on Otani, they're still one of the best teams in the league. I mean, it's them in Atlanta in the NL, and it's going to be them in Atlanta for a long time. Uh, you know, if you get Otani, you're now talking a potential Dodgers-Yankees World Series, maybe a couple matchups there throughout the years. But you really got to see a strong stretch of failure to get rid of a guy like Andrew Freeman. I mean, there has to be a monumental tank to even consider getting rid of him at this point. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. We've been at the top of the division every single year, been in the playoffs every single year, have not missed the playoffs in I don't even know how long. Definitely, I can't, I can't even tell. Maybe 2007, six, And I know that wasn't all Freeman. Oh, the Dodgers? Didn't come in until, yeah, in 20, they 20, missed in, 2012. 2012, okay. Well, and Freeman, I don't believe, was there in 2012, right? No, he, that was Coletti. Well, even in, since then, the Dodgers have been at the top ever since, and they have never given that thrown up. World Series contenders, Dave Roberts was promising World Series rings before they could even start the, the season last year. Um, but, it, yeah, it makes it frustrating to not get Otani, but it's not the end of the world. They're, even if he goes to the Blue Jays, there's no guarantee the Blue Jays are automatic World Series champs. I, you know, I, the Yankees, same thing with Juan Soto. Juan Soto's not healthier. Giancarlo Stanton's not healthy. There's no guarantee. Same with the Dodgers. If Mookie Betts, God forbid, goes down or somebody else goes down, Regardless, it, there's no guarantees, but what is a guarantee is Andrew Freeman's pretty damn good at his job and he's proven it. Oh, absolutely. I think we're going to have about 10, 10 to 15 more minutes of the show, give or take. So if you're right now following along on YouTube, feel free to ask any questions. We'll answer them. Um, this has just been a snooze fest of an off season for the Dodgers. I wish I had more exciting things to talk about. 
but it's the same old gossip every day. They just got to, they got to get their shit together and make some moves. So Phil getting off the board here. Now you a Christmas guy, you a holiday spirit guy. Do you have any holiday takes for the listeners out there? I'm a big fan of Christmas and, uh, I was born on Halloween and I, I'm not, I like Halloween. I'm not a huge fan of Halloween. Um, but I've always loved Christmas. And I think Christmas, my hot take for Christmas is because Christmas is the best holiday and has nothing to do with the gifts. It definitely has to do with that feeling, that Christmas time feeling, that atmosphere that you get, uh, you know, the, the, the lights on the tree, the, I, I like to buy a lot of apple cinnamon scented stuff around this time of the year, because it just reminds me of Christmas, the decorations, the festivities, the, the family atmosphere. I absolutely adore Christmas. Thanksgiving, we can skip. I guess that's my hot take because oh, we wow. can completely skip Thanksgiving, to be completely honest. Call it early December. November is a month that I don't even care for. That is a hot take. You're not a fan of Thanksgiving food? I like food, man, but I eat food 365 days out of the year. I only get Fair presents enough. once, and that's on my birthday, maybe. Yeah, Christmas is awesome. I mean... I'm a big fan of gingerbread cookies. My hot take is if I had to give a list of the top cookies out there, gingerbread cookies are top five. Chocolate chip cookies are the best cookies there are, but gingerbread cookies, top five cookie. Went to Leavenworth back in May, which according to some YouTube videos, number three Christmas town in the USA. Some of the other countries, the way that they do Christmas, I know, I'm sure there are some other, I think it's like a European, like, I don't know if it's Switzerland or something like that, but they have like a whole Christmas town or something like that. But, you know, the, the, when you got the drive through lights, you got the, the, I know, uh, in Arizona, they have the zoo lights where the, the zoo lights up. I'm sure there's stuff in LA. I don't, I don't live in that area, but, yeah, um, I love, I love all that stuff. People putting up Christmas lights, the decorations of people's houses. I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, there are so many people who decorate for Christmas oh, nice. uh, with the inflatables, the lights, the the ornaments out, the little lawn sculptures. I love it. I absolutely love it. No one's, no one's putting a turkey out in front of their house. You know, all those decorations are inside. Christmas, doing the I am, I am such a lights person. Like, not only for Christmas lights, but like at concerts, the more lights there are, the better. I just love yeah. bright lights. Um Dodger Stadium, home runs, bright lights. I love it all. Let's see what we've got here. Question-wise, Michael mentioning a reporter on Twitter said that Luzardo and Garrett might be available. This is two pitchers that I'm going to add context for are on the Marlins. Mm -hmm. And would I be interested? Would we be interested? I mean, absolutely. Why not? Luzardo is an exceptional pitcher. I believe he came up with the Oakland Athletics and then they shipped him off to Miami in a Starling Marte deal. The Dodgers can pull that off. Sure, why not? We need lefties. Uh, Braxton Garrett, who I believe is the other pitcher. I don't think the Marlins are going to be more inclined to trade him because he is young, so I don't know if I buy him being on the market. But these are some great pitchers. Harmony saying, can I get Otani on the Dodgers for Hanukkah, please? Well, I do believe Hanukkah is starting up in a couple days, and there are some reports saying Otani might announce his team by Sunday, the weekend. So, Harmony, you might get your wish, and on the fourth or fifth night of Hanukkah, Shohei Otani (laughs) might announce he is going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Speaking on Jesus Lusardo, um, yeah, he is a great 
uh, potential option for LA. I feel like he could be a relatively cheap move. Uh, not as much as you'd have to give up to get, obviously, like Corbin Burns. Maybe like a slightly minor package, like you would get maybe like a little less you'd give up for Dylan Cease. Um, Lusardo's definitely, like last season came on a lot. Um, former Nationals prospect, then the A's, then the Marlins, and probably a few other, the no, not the White Sox, I'm thinking of uh, Ronaldo Lopez. But um, I, uh, I, I like that. Braxton Garrett, I agree. I don't think they trade him. He's a little young. He's a guy who... Uh, you know, they probably want to see maybe more what they got from him as opposed to Lusardo, who's kind of more like a rebound guy, a guy they can they can move for some younger arms that maybe they can they can build around with Braxton Garrett. Um, and I, I like it as a potential deal. Like you said, we can always use more lefties. Lusardo pitched great last season. And yeah, hopefully that oil's burning hot for uh, that fifth night of Hanukkah. If, if Otani's coming in, Lachayam, man, I, I'm all in for it if that's if that's what happens. Grizz Monster 73, Dave has been in the hot seat, being sent home early three times with 100-plus win teams. Yes, he has choked a lot. Now he might have outed himself with upper management and ownership with Otani comments. What do you think? Well, we kind of already went into this, but we have to see how it plays out. I Unless Otani clearly expresses to the media that Dave Roberts' comments irked me the wrong way, and that's why I didn't sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't think whatever Dave Roberts said over the last couple of days is going to affect anything in terms of the Dodgers' mix with Shohei Otani. I mean, I know that Shohei Otani likes his privacy, but there's no way in hell he could be that petty of a guy to say, yeah, because that team said we met, they're out. Like, why like well, why then you, would... take, you take the blue then you take the blue jays out of that too because uh, they also talked about it then then he's just mm-hmm. going back to the angels yeah exactly and i mean there's so much money here on the line like he's gonna go to the highest bidder or at least the closest higher bidder if it's a situation he really likes so i i have a hard time buying the fact that what dave roberts said will really affect any of the dodgers chances in terms of uh, this courting of Shohei Otani, Dennis Gonzalez, are the Dodgers still looking at Lucas Giolito? I think so. I think that they view Lucas Giolito as a guy that they can trust to pitch a bulk of the innings. He'd be like a Lancelin, except he wouldn't give up a million home runs. This guy has been pretty much durable the duration of his career. I do believe he did undergo one Tommy John surgery, but I mean, you look at Lewis, Lucas Giolito's baseball reference page. This guy pretty much gives you 32 starts every season. He was a disaster in the second half for the Angels and Guardians last season. But, I mean, the guy's resume speaks for itself. I think the biggest question with Lucas Giolito, is he willing to sign with the Dodgers for a reasonable amount? Or is this guy think he's Eduardo Rodriguez and should get $20 million a year too? Because if he's trying to get $20 million a year for four or five years, then I don't think the Dodgers are going to sign Lucas Giolito. But if Lucas Giolito is looking for maybe a two-year, $40 million contract total, I could definitely see the Dodgers doing that. Yeah, and that would be kind of the only way that I would want Lucas Giolito back as well. It would definitely be kind of a short-term prove-me contract. Um, definitely an upgrade over Lance Lynn, like you said. And, and a guy who, you know, he, yeah, he's, he's, he did pitch terribly with, with the Angels and the Guardians down the stretch. But um, two really bad teams that he unfortunately found himself on. And I do think you put him on the Dodgers. He's got the run support and he plays better. Pitch is better. Harmony Davis. Also, can I get Cartaya out of the Dodgers system for 
OTS. Ooh. I don't, I don't, the Cartaya, the Cartaya hype has definitely followed, but I don't know what the Dodgers are going to do with Diego Cartaya. They'd have to trade him for a nice return. I don't think they're going to just flat out get rid of him. Let's see. Michael Carrillo, should we trade Gonsolin, even though he still has two years left? Tony Gonsolin has no trade value. He's out all of yeah. next season. He's uh, he's going to be recovering from Tommy John surgery. No team is going to want to take a chance on Tony Gonsolin. I mean, he was bad this past season because he was hurt. He's going to miss all of 2024 because of the Tommy John surgery. There's There is no way that Tony Gonsolin is getting traded by any means. Wouldn't surprise me if the Dodgers just flat out release him because they need roster spots. And I mean, Tony Gonsolin is almost a free agent anyway. So maybe they just cut him all together, but he has no trade value. I can pretty much assure you that. Harmony, yeah, no, I, I agree. Harmony also asked, I know we don't like Ben Verlander, but did you see the comments he made about a con for the Dodgers and getting Otani? I don't pay attention to any Ber- Ben Verlander content. So hard no i also don't know what he said i don't i yeah (laughs) anything else you want to cover phil before we get into our final thoughts um oh i want to mention uh i thought i had seen dylan carlson was traded he was not um i don't know who what i saw on twitter but that was definitely not dylan carlson being traded so potential trade option for someone at some point um but yeah um no, I, I don't. I I don't think I have any other comments from what we said. I I do agree. Maybe Tony Gonsolin probably becomes a, a release guy and gets signed by some team who thinks that he's got some value down the stretch. Oh, Cartea, that's what I wanted to say. Small sample size for him right now. I'd like to see maybe what he has if he gets a little more time behind the plate. I know he was tearing it up in the minor leagues, obviously, um, but he's kind of stuck behind Will Smith and, and Austin Barnes to an extent. I don't think he plays in any other position, so it does make it difficult to see him getting more playing time uh, at least behind the plate. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I want, I want to, I want to see him more before I kind of give up on him. But I think if, if it means we can get Corbin Burns and not give up Ryan Pepio and move Cartea. All right. I'll be okay with that. Agreed. Okay. Well, we have just 25 days left for December. A lot of year-end lists. Phil, what were some of your highlights of 2023? Oh, man. Well, uh, on a personal note, uh, I, I got a chance to bear witness to a record-setting uh, night for Nebraska volleyball, 92,003 fans. Um, I wasn't at the event, but I was a part of the team coverage on that, so that was absolutely insane. Um, I've gotten, just more personally, just gotten a, a you know, for me personally, it just Growths in my in my career have been been very good. Um, you know, my family's healthy, which is always great. Um, and uh, yeah, um, sports wise, you know, I wish I could say yeah, Dodgers won the World Series. I, you know, I'm probably going to get a little flack for admitting this. I am a San Francisco 49ers fan, so I'm enjoying a lot of that right now. I know it's strange because I'm also a Dodgers and Lakers fan, and I should probably like the Rams and or the Chargers or the Raiders, I guess. Um, but you know, I've always been a 49ers fan. I'm not sure where it comes from, but um, they are playing insane right now. I don't think any team is going to beat them ever again. I think the 49ers <laughs> will win the Super Bowl this year. Um, I know your Rams are slipping into the wild card there, Kevin, but uh, to be completely honest, I don't think they are going to do anything, and no one has beaten the 49ers at all. Um, but 
other than that, man, no, just, just some cool stuff that I've gotten a chance to go cover and do and, and uh, uh, just some excitement for the future and, and a, a decent year all around. I think you've made the right call by picking the 49ers over the Chargers. I mean, <laughs> Justin Herbert is the most overrated athlete in all of sports. What has this guy done in his career? Oh, he makes a few pretty passes here and there. I don't buy the hype. Brock Purdy might be a little overhyped himself, but that guy has some weapons, man. That defense is legit. I don't know how they keep getting these crazy acquisitions. Christian McCaffrey last season, and then yeah. is it Chase Young? Is that, that who I'm yep. thinking of? Yep. This season, mm-hmm. insane. So I hope for your guys' sake you win the Super Bowl because I, hope I, honestly, so too. <laughs> I honestly don't I don't hold anything against the 49ers. I don't view them in the same tier as like Giants fans. So yeah. it's cool with me. Yeah, I um I uh um I you know I will say being a Dodger fan, I'm used to being extremely hyped throughout the regular season and being completely crushed during the playoffs. So that's that's helped temper my expectations for San Francisco. I love Brock Purdy. I think he's the real deal. I do think he benefits from a, a very quarterback friendly system. But some of the throws that guy makes, some of the adjustments at the line for him, the addition to Christian Yelich is or Christian Yelich, Christian McCaffrey um, has obviously improved that offense significantly. And yeah, I mean to get a guy like Chase Young for a few bucks or for a few picks and that aren't even really that big a deal. I mean. You talk about Andrew Freeman doing some good stuff. Adam Peters and John Lynch are doing some insane things in San Francisco. And that's a very, very exciting time for the uh, red and gold, man. Some highlights for me, my sports teams all did shitty. <laughs> that's one thing. I mean, actually, I mean, the Lakers, no, they got to the Western Conference Finals. That's a, That was a massive success. So I take that back. Lakers were the only team that actually impressed me. Um Music. I mean, Boy Genius, the record, best album of the year, in my opinion. If you haven't checked out Boy Genius, that was that that was the best debut album by a band, even though they're not new artists by any means, but super group there. Uh, movies. I'm not going to be like Chris Russo and be unsocially aware and compare or put Shohei Otani and the Atomic Bomb in the same sentence. Oh my god! But Oof. I will say Oppenheimer was my favorite movie of the year. Absolutely incredible. Um, I hope it wins all the Academy Awards next year. Shows, there was a lot of great shows, but I mean, The Bear, front runner for me. Oh, yeah. Incredible. You watched The Bear? I have, yeah. It's a brilliant show. I'm looking forward to season three. Hell yeah. And then did and some awesome... You liked Oppenheimer? Really good movie. Oh, yeah. Really, really good movie. Yeah. Keep going and then, yeah, did some cool traveling, watched the Dodgers while in Europe. It was fun while it lasted until they choked in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I mean, final thoughts for me, and then I'll pass over to Phil. <sighs> Dodgers got to be aggressive here. I'm getting impatient. I mean, when Jason Hayward and Joe Kelly are your big moves of the offseason, like, I'm falling asleep. It's December 6th. Sign Otani. Get this done. Give me some starting pitching. And maybe even get another reliever to Ryan Brazier. I really hope they re-sign him. I'm getting really wor- worried now that they're going to let him go in free agency. The Dodgers bullpen is looking pretty complete here at the moment with right-handed starters. Um, I'll get into that another time. But yeah, Payotani, give me two starters and maybe add another reliever. My final, final thoughts, I guess, would be pretty similar. Um, please, for the love of God, can we just get a decision from Shohei Otani already. I'm, I'm tired of looking at Twitter and, and waiting for that post of Shohei Otani assigned an X amount of deal for this amount of money with the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
I remember waiting patiently for Freddie Freeman to sign with LA when he was deciding between Atlanta and the Dodgers, but um, pay Otani, give Otani that money. Please go after Dylan Cease or another starting pitcher. Add some more lefties to the bullpen if you can, even if they're just guys on minor league deals. Um, and get bring back Kike. Let's talk maybe Cody Bellinger potentially making his way back to Los Angeles. I think I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think if it means getting not getting Shohei Otani, then never mind. Um, but give me the money. Let me see him wear eighteen. I want to see him wear uh, what is that? Hideki Como. I'm, mis- I'm mispronouncing his name. Uh, who used to wear 18 for the Dodgers outside of like Hideo Nomo? I'm missing Kuroda? What's his name? Not Hiroki Kuroda. It is Hiroki Kuroda. Ken- okay. Kenta yeah. Maeda too, I think. Kenta Maeda, yeah, Maeda one. That's the ace number. 18 is the ace number in Japan. And, and let Otani wear that for the Dodgers forever. I want him to retire a Dodger. Pay him the money. Thank you very much, Kevin, for having me on. Bill, glad to have you back on. We'll try to get you on sooner than another two or three year gap, whatever it was. <laughs> um, make sure. Everyone, if you're uh, listening to this podcast, subscribe to the Incline Dodgers podcast. You can follow us. I'll put our handles in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Be a subscriber. Help us uh, climb the charts in the ratings. And on that note, this is Kevin Klein signing you guys out. Hope everyone has a great rest of your week. And the next time the Dodgers make moves, I promise you, we will go live here on the Incline Dodgers podcast. So on that note, Everyone, peace out. Go Dodgers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.